Welcome back, y'all, to Better Days Ahead with me, Dr. Arya. Today, let's chat about healing. But before we start, grab yourself some tea or cuddle up on the couch with your blanket and your dog or your cat or your snake or take a warm bath, bust out the lavender essential oils, just get comfy and cozy and laid back for our chat today. There are two main concepts that I want to touch on and that are less widely discussed that have been so hugely helpful for me throughout my healing so far. So that's where I want to start and just kind of see where this goes. But first, I feel like I owe everyone an apology for my shit show of an intro. <laughs> I had to get the damn thing up on a fairly unrealistic time frame. And that's no one's fault but mine. I had many months to get this up. And then I don't know what happened. But before I knew it, it was like, oh, I got to get this up. And I had like 12 hours to do it. So I was heavily caffeinated. And yeah. But what's interesting is the general consensus from my close friends and my family and people who know me very intimately actually said that it was really good. And it was positive because it showed my personality the most out of any content I have produced thus far on social media. So if you thought it was a mess, well, I'm sorry to tell you, I'm kind of a mess. But yeah. So it's funny. I sort of have a mental block about starting a podcast because I'm not good at it yet. Like I started on social media three years ago and admittedly, I was not great at it initially. I actually just got, um, I don't know, I guess TikTok now like shows you like on this day so many years ago, this is what you posted. And that came up today. And I was looking at one of my past videos and was like, Jesus, like this is not good, but you have to start somewhere. And I definitely did. So I have a, a lot more experience now and I feel like I'm starting over a little bit with podcasting. So here's my message with that. Get outside your comfort zone. It is good for you. I am a somewhat recovering perfectionist. And even though that intro was a hot mess, I still said, fuck it. We'll do it live, which is cool because I'm putting less pressure on myself to have all my social media content be like perfect to the public. I got to get guests on here though to make me look better. Like it should be easy for me to talk to myself because I talk to myself all day long. Like my brain doesn't shut the fuck up. I talk to myself out loud. It helps me process stuff. Funny though, because there's definitely a learning curve to this. And I don't know. I appreciate all of you bearing with me and coming back for this second episode. In my chaotic flurry, though, I actually forgot to discuss why this podcast is even called Better Days Ahead, so I'm going to start with that. I think, anyway. In my defense, I recorded the intro a few times because the recording kept stopping, and then when I finally got the full recording in, I honestly did not know what I had touched on and what actually made it to the final episode and what didn't. So um, let's talk about why Better Days Ahead first. So I'm currently living the days that I longed for, prayed for, and wished for in the past when I was at my absolute lowest on my knees begging for things to be better and not so painful. So it's not to say everything's like all hunky-dory because that's healing. It's not linear. It's very up and down, but it does get better. Like the overall tone of life and your emotional state gets so much better. So my gosh, things are so much better than they were. Trigger warning here for eating disorders. I developed multiple eating disorders at the very young age of 11. I had some severe depression and anxiety growing up throughout my teens. Life was just 
really fucking hard. I feel like everything was just always so challenging and not like like what I was going through was not super unique or special, I don't think, to everybody else. It just felt like I was wearing life's challenges like so much worse than my peers and my friends. So I never thought I'd actually have autonomy over my life or that life would improve so that I might actually feel like me, whatever that meant. And honestly, it is like, what does that even mean? Because I had spent all of my teen years, all of the years it started with a one, being really sad and extremely withdrawn and not confident. And even my early 20s were hard, but I had developed some sort of confidence at that point. I had started to heal from my eating disorders and start to become a lot more regulated in that regard. So I never thought that there would actually be better days ahead. And I can actually say now that the sun does come back out. It might rain again, and it does, but the sun does actually start to come out. There are better days, and there is always hope, no matter what life throws at you. And you're a bad motherfucker, so don't you forget it. There's always hope. Anyway, let's get back on track and talk healing. This has been tumultuous, to put it very simply. It has not been linear. I'm about three years into this journey, and I would say about the last year-ish, I've been more intentional about working on myself. I, I don't know. This whole thing has been all over the place for me, but like the last year and a half, I feel like I've kind of gotten a groove, and I have really put in like even more work than I did before. I have really happy, empowered days, and I have really, really challenging days even still. You know what? Like, in fact, yesterday was a rough day. What's interesting, though, is what happened yesterday is a situation that I have kind of been in before, and it previously knocked me down bad for like a full two weeks. It was really rough. So I was struggling before, and yesterday... I was sad most of the day, and by the nighttime, it was mostly just residual, icky, kind of bummy feelings. It didn't affect me like I expected. It definitely didn't hit me the way that it did before. See, like I convinced myself because I was sad over something I'd previously experienced that I was going backwards or that I hadn't moved in my healing at all. And I'm sitting here questioning, where is all this work that I've done? One of the things that has had me in a brutal chokehold previously is the fact that I think in black and white, or like I did, I do, uh, it, again, something I'm, I'm working on. I, I th I've thought in extremes in the past, or it was the only way that I could think in the past, and now it's something that I'm starting to come out of, but I still get tripped up in it. And that's stressful because life is rarely in black and white, and it's not binary like that, but that's what trauma can do to your psyche. It sees things as okay and safe or just the worst fucking thing ever and a total threat to your survival. Life is typically and usually a shade of gray. So anyway, this this thing yesterday, I was stuck for a second. And then today, I reflected and realized, sheesh, it took me two weeks before. And now it took me a day 
So maybe that's relatable to some of you, or maybe that will give you guys some kind of hope. And it took me a bit to get here also. So keep that in mind. You have to have a lot of patience and a lot of grace with yourself. And just if nothing else, just don't get stuck in the story of like, I'm fucked because you don't get it the first or the second or the third or the fourth, fifth. I mean, there are some things that have taken me like eight times to really get into my brain. But anyway, here's what I realized. Here's the first concept that I want to talk about. Intellectualizing feelings. I said that weird. Intellectualizing feelings. I'm guilty of intellectualizing my triggers, feelings, wounds, etc. like a motherfucker. I am, as a doctor, extremely analytical. And yes, it's important to know why you have these things, right? But this is all I did for a while. And what it did was just make me avoid the actual feeling. So instead of doing this yesterday and just intellectualizing and trying to come up with some kind of analytical reason or, you know, connect it to things, I just left it. I think part of it was just I was so emotionally exhausted. And I get to these points in my healing where I'm just like, I, I don't want to. I don't want to exert any more energy, mental fortitude on trying to figure shit out. Like I'm so tired. So I just left it. I left the feeling and instead of jumping to my logical left brain about said incident, I just let it be. And lo and behold, everything makes sense today and I actually feel really grounded and resolved and light. It's like, it's like it just, it wrapped itself up and I truly feel like I won't have to go back through this again. Bizarre, right? Crazy. Your feelings need to be felt. Your feelings want to be validated. They want to be seen. We just often don't feel them because we're scared of them. We're scared of how uncomfortable they feel, or maybe you're afraid of feeling them because you've been put down or judged or reprimanded for having certain emotions that are termed bad, like shame, anger, guilt, or sadness, because they're not the fun, aesthetically pleasing emotions. Here's the deal, though. You've got the feelings for a reason. Whether you like it or not, it's part of being a human. You have them as a response to various circumstances that arise in life. And you're still worthy when you show the other spectrum of the emotions that you have. And if you've been scolded or shamed in any sort of way for feeling any of these, I don't know, quote, less accepted emotions by society, I'm sorry. But just know that people who really care about you and love you will love you no matter what you're feeling. And those are the people that matter and that you should keep in your life. You should keep them around because they will help you moving forward. So the next thing that I want to talk about that's been very helpful for me is understanding the external environment being a reflection of how you feel internally. So let me explain. It takes this idea that we don't have control over our lives and that we're a victim to the circumstances that be, just whatever comes up in life. And instead, it gives you a sense of empowerment. It also gives you a sense of control, which additionally gives you a sense of security and safety. That's why a lot of us want control. When we don't feel as though we have any control and there's no rhyme or reason to how life works, then this all just becomes a crapshoot, right? And that's a little freaky because then what? How is all of this decided? Just, it wouldn't be good for anyone. So when we externalize our power and we believe external circumstances dictate our life, 
we become victims, we become powerless, and we're at the mercy of what and whoever. So recognizing this actually did offend me at first because I'm like, how the fuck could I possibly have attracted the train wreck that is my life? Like, I want to be happy. You know, everyone does. Like, how is this my fault? Rude. And trying to control the external is very stressful, y'all. There are many things that we can't control, right? We can't control how people think and feel or how the weather is. And trying to do that is so freaking exhausting. You will just burn your wheels out forever trying to do it to realize there's nothing you can do anyway to adjust any of that. So what we shift towards and what we gravitate towards is something we choose and we gravitate towards for a reason. What we find to be attractive and enticing is a representation of how we feel internally. Check it out. If you love the fuck out of yourself, you're not going to choose people or opportunities that are not rooted in your best interest or that aren't emotionally safe. You want to bring things into your life that are aligned with how you feel on the inside. Even if you did choose to bring something into your life that isn't in alignment with how you feel, like if you did really love yourself and you still for some reason were like, you know what, I'm going to choose that that person and they're probably going to be bad for me. Like if you really love yourself and you believe you deserve the world, but then, you know, you try to like date somebody who doesn't treat you well and never had any intention of doing so, you're going to literally feel that. People have an energy. Everything has an energy. There is going to be an incongruency with your energy, with that loving, powerful energy that you have. And you can feel it if you try to go down the road of someone that doesn't have your best interest in mind. Think about it. Have you ever met someone and just gotten the ick from them? Or like you're always anxious when you're around them or when you talk to them, you know? And like on the contrary, have you ever been around someone that you don't even know? Like you haven't talked to them, you have no association with them, but you and maybe a lot of other people like gravitate towards them. Like they got the juice. See, that's energy. And it's been proven that people actually have an energy field around them. And I think it extends like something like several feet outside of our bodies. But anyway, I got a little bit off track there. But the takeaway message is you're going to attract things based on your values, what you think you're worth, how you feel about yourself, what you think you deserve. So by changing how you feel internally, working on your own frame and self-image, you're going to continue to attract what's actually best for you and choose better for yourself. We seem to erroneously believe that this is a fixed reality, but it's it's not. Your external reality can be whatever you want. It's extremely malleable. And the more that you focus on yourself too, the less emphasis that the external world has anyway. Like you're going to care so much about like where you're at in life and like what you feel and believe and stand for versus what other people do and think and feel, it's just not going to affect you. Like what other people want to do, you're not really going to give a shit. Take, for instance, like Janet down the street thinks your nose doesn't fit your face or something like that. And if you don't love yourself, that might really hurt your feelings and alter your perspective on yourself entirely, right? But if you love and accept yourself and you like know your nose fits your face, 
just fine, then you might just say, okay, clearly Janet's just a hater and you move on. And Janet probably has something to say about everyone. So you can choose to believe her if you don't unconditionally love and accept yourself and believe that one person's opinion, that by the way, is born out of their own experiences and how they feel about themselves and isn't necessarily true, right? It's just an opinion. Or you can believe that she's just wrong and move on. Because if Janet really can go as far as to make comments like that, then Janet probably doesn't like herself. Have you ever heard the term hurt people hurt people? If she did like herself, why why would she not treat people with anything but kindness? Does that make sense? Or say like someone cuts you off in traffic. Instead of going fast and furious on their ass, you're probably going to say, huh, they must be having a bad day. Or like, oh, they must be super late to a wedding or something very important. It just doesn't have an effect on you because you know it has nothing to do with you, right? You're not taking it personally. Do you see how flexible this is based on how you're feeling in your own body? Here's a takeaway. How you feel inside about yourself is going to create your external reality and your perception. It'll create the goodness you see in others, the kindness you treat them with, the safety you feel in your life, and the trust that like what happens in your life happens for you with good intentions. It creates an energy others can feel and that energy will attract whatever is in alignment with it. And if you don't like your life, it can always change how you think and feel and you know, go a different direction. You can always change, go down a different road. It's pretty cool. You are the only person that can control what you do. And the only thing you can control is you, really. You don't have to worry about the external stuff. You should probably just take that pressure off your shoulders. This is also a really helpful way to learn to let go of what you can't control, which is also extremely helpful. And we'll probably touch on that in another episode, but letting go of what you can't control is another really great way to elevate your energy as well. So one last thing. I know this might be overused lately, but I'm going to say it regardless because I think it's important. And I know a lot of people who follow me on social media and are probably listening to this podcast are going through a rough time. And maybe you're on your own healing journey and it's been really difficult and it really doesn't make any sense. So I might not know specifically who you are listening to me right now or what your story is, but I want you to know something. You are not alone. You never are. You are valuable and you are needed in this world. I know the world can be cruel and I know that this pain can seem very unbearable, but we're going to get through this, okay? You've survived 100% of your worst days already and better days are ahead. I love you. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Stick around. And I hope that this podcast and the episodes moving forward will be very helpful for you, okay? I'll see you next time. Thank you.